Well, we're continuing tonight with our series, Thankfulness. And tonight is our second week on this series. As we are kind of in this season, right, Thanksgiving is this upcoming week, which seems appropriate, but also seems like this year has flown by at the same time. It's hard to believe it's already here. But as we've talked about last week, thankfulness is not just a holiday to celebrate. It's not just something that we should do once in a while but it's an important part of the Christian life. And so we're taking just a few weeks to focus on what does it mean to be thankful and how can we cultivate thankfulness in our lives. There was a a day this past, I believe it was this past spring, where I went and I got into my car to go somewhere and I noticed that it smelled just a little off. It wasn't like disgusting or anything, but it wasn't the normal scent that I got when I got into my car. And I kind of thought to myself, huh, that, that kind of smells gross. But kind of once I got the air running and the air flowing, it, it kind of went away and it wasn't a big deal. The next day I got in and it was definitely stronger. I had to open the windows as I left. And I thought, man, I don't know what this smell is, but this does not smell pleasant. The third day after this, I got in the car, and this time my wife was with me. We got in the car together, and she looked at me, and she said, what is dead in your car? Like, what is going on? It smells so bad in here. So we had to go run an errand. Then we came home, and I said, okay, I got to figure out what is going on. So I was like, did I run over an animal? What's going on? Why does my car smell so bad? And I got down on my hands and knees and I started to look everywhere. And I noticed finally that under the passenger seat in my car was probably a week at least beforehand. I had gone to the grocery store and a bag of salad, pre-made salad, had been on the seat and had slidden under and gone all the way up. And there was a rotten bag of salad that had been sitting rotting in my car for over a week. Thus the stench was found and I could finally get rid of it. See, there was this stench that it didn't, it was there, but I didn't notice it at first. But as it accumulated, it just, its effects grew and grew and grew till it was obvious that something was wrong. Well, tonight we're going to talk about the dangers of an ungrateful heart. And I tell that story as we begin because I think having a heart that is not thankful that is ungrateful, is like having something like a salad underneath the seat in your car. If you live a life where you're not practicing thankfulness, you probably won't notice it drastically the first day or two. It won't be a big deal. But over time, your heart will rot from the inside and a stench will literally arise from your soul because of the ungratefulness of your heart. Living life without giving thanksgiving to God and being thankful for the things he's given you for is a dangerous thing. In fact, it's so dangerous, and and you might not think of this, it's so dangerous that in Romans chapter 1, Paul begins there in in the second half of Romans 1, and he highlights just the depravity of mankind and mankind in rebellion against God. And get this, as he highlights the the, the fallen condition of man, man in total rebellion against God, this goes against our thinking naturally. But one of the things that he highlights of man in rebellion against God is a lack of thanksgiving. Notice this. This is in Romans chapter 1. It says in verse verse 21 of chapter 1, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. 
but they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. That is powerful that a lack of thanksgiving to God is a sign of depravity of mankind in rebellion against God. So as we think of thankfulness, today we're going to focus on what happens if we're not thankful. What are the dangers of living life with an ungrateful heart? And today we're going to look at three of those dangers, three dangers of an ungrateful heart. And the first danger is this, is pride. The first danger of an ungrateful heart is that pride will seep into our lives. Passages in scripture that warn us about pride are all over. Some theologians have argued and written that pride is the chief of all sins because from pride flows so many other sins in our lives. It says in the book of Proverbs chapter 16, starting at verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit or a prideful spirit before a fall. Pride goes before destruction. It says in scripture elsewhere that God opposes the proud, right? That he stands in opposition to the proud, the prideful. Contrasted from pride, right? Kind of what, it, what is the opposite of pride is the attribute of humility, of humility. It says, again, in the book of Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2 says, When pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. And so we have these two things here contrasted, pride and humility, and our attitude of thankfulness portrays which we will flow into. Will we flow into pride or are we feeding habits of humility? Humility isn't just walking around thinking you're the worst person in the world and you're not deserving of anything good. No, that's, that's not humility. That might be a false sense of humility. But humility is, is just thinking less of yourself. It's that the focus of your life isn't on you. And pride is thinking too much of yourself. Focusing your life, every decision, focusing on you and not on the people around you. And so humility and thankfulness go together. When we are thankful, it naturally gravitates our eyes. It gravitates our attitudes. When we are thankful, it gravitates our hearts off of ourselves and on to other things. It focuses our hearts off of ourselves and on to God himself. See, if you're, if you're thankful for something and you're actually understanding what thankfulness means, there's no way that you could take pride in your thankfulness, right? But being thankful brings things into perspective that ultimately leads to humility in our lives. So what is the best way in the life of a Christian to kill our pride, right? If pride is so destructive, what is the best way to kill our pride and, and cultivate thanksgiving and humility? It's to look to the cross of Jesus Christ, right? Because on the cross of Jesus Christ, a man who was perfect, who had no reason to be there, died in our place and for our sin, and when we look to the cross of Jesus Christ, our response, a proper response, must be one of thanksgiving and humility. See, when we realize what Jesus has done for us, what God has done for us in Jesus on the cross, our hearts must respond in thanksgiving. 
The New Testament is filled with encouragement to thanksgiving because of the salvation that we have received in Jesus. One example of this is in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verse 13 says, But we ought always to give thanks to God for you, brothers, beloved by the Lord, because God chose you as the first fruits to be saved through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth. See, when we cultivate thankfulness in our hearts, it drives us away from focusing on ourselves and takes our focus back to God and others. See, our hearts are naturally bent to look at ourselves, right? I don't have to teach myself to wake up in the morning and worry about what I want. I know what I want. And each and every one of us are the same way. We are naturally prideful, and that's where our hearts are bent towards. And thankfulness helps steer us back towards God. Recently, I was driving someone else's car, and it was a newer car that had this feature. I think it's something called like auto assist. Well, what that means is when you're driving down the highway, it actually can sense where you are in your lane. And so if you start to go off to the side a little bit, it actually there's a little light on the dashboard that flashes. If you go a little too close, even more so, there's a little beeping sound and it will beep on whichever side you're a little too far left or too far right. There's a, a quick beeping. But what really freaked me out the first time I experienced this is when you actually get too far over, the steering wheel will correct itself and draw you back into the center lane, right? The first time I did it, I was like, was that wind? Is someone else grabbing the steering wheel? It kind of freaked me out at first, right? But it it auto-corrects you back to the path that you should be going. Our hearts are drawn naturally towards ourselves, off of God and others, and they're drawn towards ourselves. And thankfulness does is as our hearts veer away from the path that God has, thankfulness takes us and puts us back on that path of focusing our lives on God and others, getting the focus off of ourselves. Which is why when we are thankful people, that humility cultivates in our lives as pride starts to go away. So that's why it's so important that thankfulness is not just a celebration once a year, but thankfulness is a regular habit of our lives. If you struggle with thankfulness, if this is not a regular practice of yours, something that I have heard has helped many people in just cultivating habits of thankfulness in their life that I found fascinating, I haven't practiced it, although I think I should try to, is this, it's just to keep a gratitude journal. What that means is I, I know people who literally they say every day, some in the morning, some at night before they go to bed, just write down each day one thing that you are thankful for. That is not a radical exercise. This is not something that consumes hours of your time or thought. But the idea of starting your day in a spirit of thankfulness just auto-corrects us right away off of ourselves and back on to God and others. So what do we have to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful for, so much that takes our focus off of us and onto Jesus. We, we're thankful for God and all that he's done for us. That was the big point of the message last week. We're thankful for each day that we're given. It's, it's not to be taken for granted. We're thankful for the salvation that we have in Jesus Christ. But thankfulness as it's practiced takes our focus off of ourselves, takes us away from pride and leads us towards God and others. 
Which is why when we are ungrateful, it's not there and our focus remains on ourselves and ultimately leads to a prideful life. So the first danger of an ungrateful heart is pride. The second danger of an ungrateful heart is greed. The second danger of an ungrateful heart is greed, right? A focus on acquiring our own possessions, typically material wealth, right? When scripture speaks about greed and even when we think about greed today. And when we become so focused on material things, this is the result, right? And in our world and in our time, if, if you live and are watching this in the Western world, especially if you live in the USA, like we live in a materialistic consuming world in which, as you know, this week for many people, the highlight isn't Thanksgiving on Thursday. What is the highlight? It's the shopping on Friday or now like Black Friday sales are already on now, right? They, like they never stop, right? But it's so materialistic, accumulating stuff. But if we don't practice Thanksgiving, we're tending towards greed. I love Jesus's reminder in the gospel of Luke chapter 12, where he says this. He said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness. That's greed, right? Covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. That verse should be the life verse for so many Americans today. Because for so many of us, our life does consist in our abundance of possessions. That is our idea, our dream of the good life, right? It's, it's another car. It's a better phone. It's a new TV. It's a new this. It's another that in the accumulation, in the abundance of our things. And Jesus says that's not what life is is all about. See, thankfulness and generosity go hand in hand, right? If greed is the danger of an ungrateful heart, what's the flip side to this? It's generosity. It's not accumulating possessions for ourselves, but it's being generous with what we have been given. 2 Corinthians 9 has this passage that's amazing talking about a generous spirit. This is the passage, if you're familiar with scripture, that talks about being a cheerful giver. And it says this in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And as he continues there in the paragraph, he talks about how their generosity, which they have portrayed, has caused them and so many others to rejoice in thanksgiving to God. See, the greatest lie about generosity, there's, I think, a lot of lies about generosity, but in our world, I think the greatest lie about being generous is this, is that it's something that I will do in the future when I have more money. Right? Like, I wish I could be generous now. I wish that I could overflow with my possessions and give of what I have towards others now, but I just don't have enough. But someday, someday when I get more, when I have more, when I make more money, then I will be generous. But generosity does not depend on how much money we have. Generosity is a command to each and every one of us, regardless of our level of income or our circumstances of life. 
In fact, when I think in my own life and I think of experiences where I've been, where I have seen radical generosity, some of the most generous people I've ever met have been people who have had far less material possessions than I do or almost anyone I know has. But they've been so generous with what they have. I'll never forget Nearly a decade ago, I was with a group of high school students in, in another country. And we had um, the missionary who was there. We were partnering with the Moody Church missionary. And they were taking us around some of the area in which we were serving. And for a lot of our high school kids, it was the first time they had ever seen kind of what true poverty is in a third world country. And so it was just an eye-opening experience. And so our, the missionary divided us up and kind of took us in small groups and walked with us for a couple hours through different neighborhoods. And I remember one of them, we, we were stopped and, and we started striking up a conversation with a lady who then invited us into her home. We didn't know her. She didn't know us, but she invited us into her home. And then she sat us down and she went to the kitchen and she prepared food for us. And while we sat there and through translators had a conversation with her, she served us food at her house. Very simple, very small one room house. As we left, I was so proud of one of our high school students said, hey, can, can we go to the market and buy something to give her just to say thank you for, for your generosity towards us? And the missionary said, I, I think we definitely should because in all likelihood, what she fed us today was the only food she had in her house. And now she plans to go hungry because she had been generous towards us. See, that's generosity. And this person has hardly any possessions compared to each and every one of us who are watching this. But it was a generous spirit of her heart and it didn't depend on how many financial resources she had. See, the only antidote to greed is through thankfulness to be generous with what God has given us. The only way to avoid greed in our lives is to be thankful for what God has given us and the proper response back is generosity. See, so many of us in our lives are so focused on what we don't have that we're not thankful for what God has given us. So often we're focused on what we don't have that we don't recognize all of the blessings, the abundance of which God has provided and given for us. And so just be thankful today for what God has given you. Yes, your life is not perfect. Yes, like me, if you had more money, if you had more time, if you had more of this, you could do things different. But God has blessed each and every one of us. See, Thanksgiving drives generosity and generosity drives Thanksgiving. They go hand in hand together. You know, if you were to lend someone $50 and they repaid you, you wouldn't give them a thank you card because they're just doing what they owe you. But if someone just approached you and said, here, I know it's your birthday, have a $50 gift card, you would write a thank you card because they have been generous towards you. The natural response towards generosity is Thanksgiving. And so being thankful with our resources drives us to generosity and drives us away from greed. So who can you be generous to this week? Maybe you'll be with a lot of family, some of maybe whom you don't see very often. Um, for many of us, it's a different year, right? And we're not traveling. But, but who can you be generous towards in some way this week? Because as we are thankful for what God has given us, 
We don't just focus on what we don't have, but we recognize what God has given us. It takes our hearts off of greed and wanting to accumulate more and allows us to be generous towards others, not to wait till we have more, right? To be generous now with what God has given us. And so the dangers of an ungrateful heart are pride, that our focus is on ourselves. The other next danger of an ungrateful heart is greed, that our focus is just on our possessions and wanting to get more rather than being thankful and feeling free to be generous towards others. The third danger of an ungrateful heart is jealousy. The third grateful of an un- ungrateful heart is jealousy. Another word for this in scripture is envy, right? It's looking at what others have and wanting it for ourselves. So greed is just kind of the wanting of things. Envy or jealousy is more specifically looking at someone else or something else and wanting it for your own. We can be jealous or envious of several different things, right? We're certainly possessions is one thing, but I think often we're, we're jealous and envious of other people's positions, of their prominence, of the privileges or power that other people have. Envy can creep into our hearts in so many different areas. James writes about envy in his letter, and he says this in the book of James, as I find it here. The book of James chapter 3, there it is. Sorry about that, took me a second. James chapter 3 verse 14 says this. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. See, when we focus on others... We can be tempted just to focus on what they have and what we want that they have. But the opposite of this spirit of jealousy, of wanting what others have, is a spirit of contentment with what God has given us. Rather than desiring what others have, being content with the places and the positions that God has given us in this time and in this season. One of the most used and most often misquoted passages in scripture is Philippians chapter 4. Starting at verse 11, it says this, Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content, right? Contentment. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance and need. I can do All things through him who strengthens me. See, that verse isn't about winning championships, right? The verse is about being content and giving thanks to God in whatever circumstances you have, whether it's high or low, whether it's with much or with plenty. And this verse in in chapter four comes just a few verses after a passage we looked at last week, which is so powerful. In chapter four, verse six, where Paul just has said, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. So when we are thankful in all things, when we are thankful in everything, it leads to a spirit of being content in all things, of not being jealous of what others have, of being content where God has placed us. 
I think a question that can help frame our thoughts, are we being thankful for what God has given me? Am I cultivating a spirit of thankfulness in my life is this, when someone else is blessed, right? When someone else is blessed, does that cause you to thank God with them or be envious of them? Right? When someone else gets a blessing, when something great happens to someone else, is your first response like, thanks God that, that you have blessed them with that? Or is your first response, that should have been me? Or I deserved that? Or I should have something like that happen in my life? I deserved that raise. I deserve the new job. I wish my car was like that. I'm the one who wants a new house. Why did they get that? See, when we're content, when we're cultivating thankfulness in our hearts and our lives, we can be thankful for the blessings that God gives to others and doesn't give to us. See, contentment is being thankful for what God has given and still being thankful for what God has given others that he hasn't given to you. So thankfulness kills, kills um, jealousy because it reminds us of the things that we have. See, we are wired to be focused on the negative, right? Hardwired as humans, like bad news, a rude comment, like we will remember those things so well. And it's so, it's so easy for us to focus on what we don't have that others do have. But thankfulness shifts our focus off of being envious and jealous of what God has given others and not given us to being thankful for what God has given others and us. And we can rejoice in that. So this is a challenge that I want to give you this week, all right? As a challenge to cultivate thankfulness in our hearts that leads to contentment, not towards jealousy. Think of someone, and I want, I want you to do this right now. Think of someone who recently in your life has been blessed by God, right? Whether that's in, in any, any way you, you can think of. But when I say, man, someone in your life who has just been blessed by God in hopefully the last maybe couple weeks or month or so, that, that there's been something obvious in their life that God has blessed them with. And I want you to thank God for that blessing that they gave them, but didn't give you. Because that's what thankfulness looks like, is it's not envious or jealous of the blessings that God gives others, but we can rejoice and be thankful for them. And this takes our focus off of ourselves and allows us to be content in every situation. Right? So maybe you're single and you just saw on Facebook or on Instagram, man, another one of my friends got married. You can be thankful that God supplied and God blessed them and still be content in your own circumstances. Maybe you're looking for a new job or a job at all, and yet someone else got hired and you still haven't. Thank God for that that person did, and you can still be content in the journey that God has you on. Maybe you're looking for a new apartment, but your other friend got it and you don't have it yet. You can still thank God for that blessing and be content with what God has given to you. See, as we thank God, contentment arises in our hearts and in our lives and it pushes jealousy out. Thanks, thankfulness and thanksgiving kills envy in our hearts and in our lives. As we talked about last week, thanksgiving is like a superpower. Right? Thankfulness is a superpower that can transform our perspective on life. Thankfulness is not just kind of a nice add-on thing. Like, hey, if you're a follower of Jesus, do all these things. And if you have time, you should add on thankfulness too. But it's to be a core part of what the Christian life looks like. 
a life of thankfulness. Because get this, if we don't, if we're ungrateful, what will arise in our hearts? Pride, greed, and jealousy. These aren't things that God would have for us. But as we practice thankfulness, what arises? Humility, generosity, and contentment. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That's what God wants to bring about in our hearts and in our lives. And as we practice thankfulness now, you may not realize it, but you're actually preparing yourself for heaven. Because if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the rest of eternity is one in which you'll be giving thanks to God. In the picture of heaven in Revelation chapter 7, starting at verse 11, it says this, And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they all fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. See, we will be thankful people, giving thanks to God for all of eternity. So let's take a little bit of what we will be doing eternity of, giving thanks to God for who he is, for what he's done, for how he's blessed us immeasurably in Jesus Christ. And let's start now. Let's be more thankful now, lest those dangers of an ungrateful heart seep into our hearts and into our lives. God, we do indeed have so much to be thankful for. God, you are such a good God. Your love for us never changes. God, I pray that we would be thankful people despite the circumstances that may be in our hearts and our lives. God, for many, it may have been a very difficult season. We may still be walking through a season of difficulty. God, but even in the difficult and the hard times, teach us to be thankful to learn contentment, to learn generosity, God, to learn humility by giving thanks in all things for you are always worthy of our worship. God, we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.